Welcome to the Pleasure Alchemy Podcast. We're your host, Janessa Dalalana, women's empowerment mentor, group facilitator, and body worker. Samantha Stelk, self-love and sexual empowerment coach. Our mission is to activate you to your most embodied, authentic, and pleasure-led life. Together, we explore what it means to call in your deepest soul's desires with ease, flow, and integrity. Here, we remind you that the meaningful relationships, unshakable confidence, and aligned purpose you crave is available for you, no matter what your background. In this space, we share our personal insights and intimate conversations with soulful leaders, visionaries, and experts on all things related to spirituality, sexuality, self-empowerment, shadow work, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for being here and joining us. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Pleasure Alchemy podcast. We're going to be having a special guest. Her name is Lauren Bentley, and she's also a dear friend of mine. And I'm really excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about my personal favorite topic, embodiment and nervous system regulation. And I'm going to read her bio real quick, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Lauren Bentley is a 300-hour trauma-certified yoga teacher, 200-hour mindfulness teacher, breathwork facilitator, and Reiki master. She focuses on bridging the gap between mind and body for a compassionate and gentle approach to healing. Her life's work is to assist you in creating home in the body. All right, let's get started. All right, so we have Lauren Bentley. Did I say that correctly? On the podcast, and I love Lauren and what she does. She's very passionate about embodiment and bridging that with yoga. And I would love to hear, Lauren, your experience and how you got to where you're at now in the work that you do. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. I it's been a journey, like quite the journey. I started off my career um, nine years ago as a personal trainer. And so that was just the very first thing that I stepped into. And I had this whole idea that I wanted to just help women feel good in their body. Now, I just am really over this idea of, I will feel good in my body when, when Mm -hmm. I experience this, or I'll take myself on vacation, or I'll do something nice for myself when, and we're never going to get there if it's always the when, you know, because Mm -hmm. even if we were to get there, it's, it's not going to be what we think it's going to be, you know, so we're still going to feel like we're failing at that. So my whole mission was to help women feel good in their body right now by creating sustainable movement, helping them feel good in their body, learning how to eat foods that feel, fuel their body and that taste good, not that will help them lose weight, you know, just focusing on just bridging together the whole body, mind, spirit. And, um, that didn't work out in the corporate setting. It's, they want your clients in and out and just helping them to get the results as quickly as possible onto the next, right. They're all very money motivated. So I then, um, left personal training. I went back to bartending. I was a bartender at a strip club for many years. (laughs) That was probably one of my most favorite jobs ever. And 
<laughs> but I knew, right, that I could, I still couldn't be there forever, right? Like, um, in my 20s, being a bartender at a strip club was fantastic. But in my 30s, and my kids are just getting older, like, I eventually, I have to figure something out, right? So, um, I, I went back to bartending. I'm like, well, now what, right? Like, I went, I did this personal training thing. It didn't work out. And this is when I started to get into Reiki, yoga, meditation. And then I just started to get like woken up in the middle of the night, like with these business ideas in my head and different business names and telling me to like bring this all together. And to me, I'm like, how is that even going to happen? Because from what I saw in the corporate setting, you can't bridge together spirituality and personal training. It doesn't mesh. But I kept having this voice in my head of like, do it, make it work, do it yourself, create mm. your own. So that's what I did. So I uh, created like a gym in my basement. I started um, training out of my home. And then, you know, that kind of started to back me in a corner because I can only train so many people a day. I can only have people in my house so often. So then that's when I started to explore um, social media and doing things more virtually. And it all just kind of unfolded for me of just helping people feel good in their body. And mm -hmm. I had no idea that nine years ago, I mean, and that was pre spirituality. I had no idea what I was doing was mindfulness, right? I had no idea what I was doing was like trauma healing, you know, mm -hmm. helping people just get the hell out of their way and connect with what's here. Um, but it's amazing to look back and see how it all unfolded so beautifully. <laughs> and, yeah. and now, sorry, Samantha, go ahead. I was just going to say, I got chills when you were saying that, that, that voice, you know, late at night was speaking to you saying like, make it happen. And the, I love what you're speaking to because it's the power of now there's, I can't, I can't tell you how many times looking back on my past where I see pictures or photos of myself or I'm reflecting on different moments in my life where I'm like, wow, that was such a precious time. Like I was such a beautiful human being. And I was like, why didn't I appreciate myself then? It's like, so now I'm like, I'm just going to appreciate myself now as I am. And like, that's how I feel like women, we really steal our our joy and our yeah, but just not appreciating who we are in every single moment and iteration of self so mm. I love what you just said about that Thanks. yeah I feel like I want to share a little bit of something I've experienced that's similar I used to have really big issues with self-image and always wanting to be like the smallest possible in my body and looking back on photos when at that time I thought that I needed to like lose weight. I'm just like looking back, I'm like mortified. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I looked amazing mm. and beautiful. I still do now, but just reflecting back to the time and feeling into where I was in my body and the thoughts that were present. And I, I just have so much more compassion for myself and, and really giving love to that past version of myself that was so hard on themselves and, and wanting so badly to shift and change. And <laughs> and um yeah thank you Samantha for bringing that up yeah yeah I mean and we kind of I don't know how old both of you are but I, close enough that I could feel comfortable saying that we grew up in a pretty toxic time like our preteen teenager I, I recently saw like um, a reel or a TikTok or something talking about how like the the women that we saw like in the spotlight who were deemed overweight when they 
weren't like Christina Aguilera at times or Hillary Duff. Um, I don't know who else, right? Kelly Clarkson, um, even like Britney Spears would be picked apart at times, you know, and it's like Jessica Simpson, like, and you look at them and you're like, they yeah. were completely normal, but we were told that that was overweight. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's been hammered into our minds that to so kind of feel like we aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. So many un, um, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. From, yeah, from media, from, you know, the pop, pop culture. And I don't know about in Ohio. Did you grow up in Ohio? I feel like too in California, I'm curious of what it's like in other states, but I feel like California is even like more so like, yeah. So yeah, I really feel how that infiltrated my psyche and it's like, I'm constantly purging those (laughs) those thoughts and that conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember being a teenager and Samantha, you probably remember this because we grew up together, but um, I would have posters of Victoria's Secret model models like on in my room so like seeing that every day and perpetuating that image of perfection or whatever it is like really did something to my psyche and yeah like Samantha said just it's all about unlearning and deprogramming all of not only the beliefs and thoughts that we have about ourselves but like the images that we're we're seeing all the time and really being mindful of how that's affecting our, the way that we view our bodies and how we relate to ourselves. It's so empowering with how things are changing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm. the ads that we see, it's real bodies. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> real, real bodies, real women. What a, <laughs> what a revolutionary thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what you said too about, about working with your clients in working with foods that, you know, shifting the focus from how do I look to how do I feel in my body? How do I feel about the foods that I'm eating? You know, the intention behind all of that. Yeah. I, I had no idea that what I was doing was like a law of attraction kind of thing. And I really kind of like despise law of attraction, but like, I feel like we missed so much of like the key, but you know, and I say this, I still say this all the time to my clients of, you know, whether they think that they want money or they want to lose weight or just whatever they think that they want. It's never, it's never the object that you want or the goal that you have. That's the actual thing. It's always like what's underneath that, that we believe is going to, it's just going to bring us that happiness, that joy. So connecting with that feeling. So Mm -hmm. you think that, you know, getting a toned body or a strong body is going to bring you happiness. It's, it's not, that's the only focus. Like what's the feeling underneath that? How can you begin just to feel that feeling now? What can you do every day that helps you feel sexy or strong or capable or worthy? You know, I mean, I think that's one of our biggest things is worthiness. It, it always comes down to feeling unworthy and we want to feel worthy right if someone is like really really struggling with that say you had a client what would you like how would you navigate that if they're if they're so stuck in that gosh I mean I know it's kind of a question (laughs) (laughs) it would depend on the on the individual but I mean 
we'd have to start it all the way from the from the beginning. I'm very much a bottom up approach kind of person, meaning that like we really focus on building the foundation first. So before we um, you know pressed record on here, I was telling you guys about the um, about my nervous the nervous system healing that I focus on first and foremost because if we're just stuck in that fight or flight, no amount of healing or mindset or breath work or anything is going to really do much, right? We're always going to feel like we are out of our body, not present, just feeling really overwhelmed. So a lot of it, even, even with that, not feeling comfortable in your body. Well, let's look at that nervous system because Mm -hmm. there is more than likely (laughs) something happening there at that ground level at that most basic level of healing um that even after say like after our first like that's usually always my first session is exploring the nervous system and then our second session already I will see that person come back like already so much lighter in their being Mm -hmm. and it's amazing even sometimes if I've had a lot of people work with therapies after a therapist and trying all these different things and not experiencing any sort of relief. They'll come to me for one session. We work on the nervous system, everything clicked, right? Like, and their therapist was on to something, right? They are more than likely doing the absolute best that they possibly could. They're just missing that one, that one key factor. And mm-hmm. so that really put it all into place. So nervous system first. And then a lot of times it's, it's trauma healing, it's inner child healing, it's, you know, remothering or, you know, refathering or just reparenting yourself. It's, and then it's, you know, starts with mirror work and movement and, you know, just it, it it really like depends on each individual person. Cause I have some clients who will like, I'll bring up like ecstatic dance and they're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) or breath work. No. Right. So it all depends, but foundation is nervous system. And then, um, thinking about like, uh, the inner child stuff. And when I say trauma healing too, like, I'm not somebody who will guide them back into specific traumas. I firmly believe that once a person is knows that they're in a safe space and they're feeling safe in their body, nervous system healing, then they're any sort of trauma that needs to come up to be healed and released will come up when it's ready, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, it will come up when it's time. And then we work with that when that happens. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I resonate so much with everything you're saying. It's very similar with, with the work that I do and I'm sure Janessa does. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, how, how have you weaved this with yoga? Cause your main practice or modality is teaching yoga, correct? You have, a, a, you just opened up a studio. Is that right? May. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, so half moon yoga in Medina, Ohio, if anyone is local, <laughs> love to have you. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, you want me to tell you more about the studio or about how I weave the both. both. Okay. Yeah. And how you came to yoga, how you started to transition. Yeah. Okay. So mm, how I even came to yoga. So I found yoga 
um, through yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Well, I, I've tried yoga before her and I honestly hated it. I hated yoga. I was like, <laughs> so slow. It's boring. I just can't. And then after getting into Reiki and meditation, obviously yoga is right there with it all. And so I found yoga with Adrian and she had like this 30 day um, yoga on there. And so I made it a point for 30 days to do yoga every single day. And I was pretty hooked after that. Um, uh, so how I bring together the yoga with this trauma healing work and, um, just healing with the nervous system, it's because yoga has such an, an energetic component to it, right? Like we can look at the physical aspect of it, of the vinyasa, of the movement with your breath, the moving meditation. And so there's obviously very physical reasons why we feel so great after we leave the mat, right? Like we've learned how to deepen the breath where, you know, that breath is massaging the vagus nerve. We're also relaxing our eyes and our jaw, shoulders back, also stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the key to opening up that parasympathetic nervous system, your rest mm. and relax. And we're also just learning how to be more mindful and more connected to ourselves there on the mat. Okay, so very physical components of it. But then we have the whole energetic piece. Um, and I do like an intro to yoga workshop every few months. And I always focus on the energetics. So we have our hip openers, which if you've ever taken a yoga class of any kind and you are ever asked to be in a hip opener, there's more than likely an emotional release that comes up for you, especially... Mm -hmm when you're first times doing it. My um, stepsister's dad told me at Thanksgiving that he recently got into yoga. <laughs> His therapist told him to start going and he was holding pigeon pose. He said, I was just sobbing. And I had Aww. no idea. I'm like, that's amazing because yeah. he's, he's like this like muscly dude. He's like, you know, hard around the edges. So he needs to feel for sure. So um we have, so we have the energetic portion of the opening up our hips where, which, you know, the sacral chakra is right below the belly button. It's very much connected to your hips. It's where the emotion begins. And so we can allow that emotion to be energy in motion. Uh, we feel it, we move it, we breathe it, we express it, or we push it down and try to pretend mm. it doesn't exist, but it doesn't go anywhere. Right. As many of us know, the body keeps score, the body holds on. So when we find a hip opener, whatever is ready to be released, it's going to come out. Like, and so that's amazing. Like, don't hold back. You're not going to be hit with like everything that's ever happened to you at once, but something will come up more than likely when it's time. And what I think is really important to know is that you won't always have like an image or a flashback of it. Like, thank you, subconscious mind, for still protecting us, right? Like, we don't need to relive the trauma. We don't need to be re-traumatized, right? But you may find that you're just really pissed off and you don't know why, or you're just really sad. Let yourself feel it. It's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be really sad. And then we have, like, the component of, like, then you move that spine, right? So the spine is the main energy column. So your, your, your energy starts to move more freely up and down the length of the spine. And then we get into, you know, the heart openers, which is amazing, but then mostly, too, the throat opener. Um, because, you know, sacral chakra and your throat chakra are very much connected to one another. And so this is your ability then to, to release, to open, mm -hmm. to just be your, your fullest expression of yourself. And so, um, 
like, to be honest, I really don't know the moment that it like clicked for me to like bring the two together. I think I was just always just super aware of the energetic components of yoga that I just, it just naturally kind of came to be. Mm. And with the mindfulness and the breath work and everything, it just, it just fits well, you know, and I don't do yoga with all my clients. Um, but I try to do yoga with most of my clients and it's mostly yin yoga because yin is so great for your nervous system. Um, you can add in the affirmation component and you're doing a lot of hip openers, heart openers. Um, and it's a great segue into meditation. So, uh, I found that to be really healing for the majority mm. of what I work with. Yeah. I'm a amazing. Yin, I'm a yin girl. <laughs> Oh, I, I do boxing that. and like high intensity workouts but I'm like when I come to yoga I'm like all about that yin <laughs> restorative mm-hmm. it's so good there's I'm so a... much oh what there's just so much <laughs> yeah. what you just said I would love to kind of digest a little bit of it but what were you gonna say Janessa I was gonna say that I'm actually more into Pilates right now I mean I love yoga I still practice it a lot I've been practicing for over 10 years, it seems like now. Um, But yeah, I mean, depending on what you feel that your body needs and honoring that, like there's, there's just so many different modalities we can use and, and try at different times that best suit where we're at and what we want. So definitely I go in between like weightlifting and not weightlifting. Um, you know, sometimes I just want to do yoga and hike. Sometimes I do yoga, hiking, weightlifting. Sometimes I ride my bike. Sometimes I want to swim. Like yeah. it's just, it can be very open and fluid. Mm-hmm. And right. all the time, anytime I try to put myself into like the structure of like Monday is Monday, I lift weights for my back <laughs> and biceps. Wednesdays, I do legs. I always, maybe I'll stick with it for a week and then I just feel myself rebel. And I'm sure you both yeah. can really all this. <laughs> right like fuck rules and any sort of box like anytime that happens I even if I try to put these rules on myself I just can't I can't do it yeah I um I I have clients that I work with and I suggest that they do certain things and if there's something that they just don't want to do they're like oh I really don't want to do that like I don't enjoy it I'm like well then don't do something that you don't enjoy let's find something that you do enjoy and bring brings lots of pleasure to you and you feel excited to show up to because when we have that excitement then we're motivated to to keep doing the thing over and over again yeah exactly I think I love that but and I also think like there's an invitation to explore some of these resistances that we have because there may be a a reason why we are resisting that and so to like to give it at least oh, something like a once a chance, you know, like to give mm-hmm. it a chance and be open and lean into that, to that uncomfortability. But I love, yeah, ultimately, I just, I love what you said. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I found, I found yoga when I was about 17. And if you listen to our first episode, you hear a little bit of our background, but very stressed person. Um, very repressed as well and used to drink a lot and I found yoga in community college there was I was in San Jose and there was this older woman who came from Santa Cruz this older hippie woman who taught Hatha and that's when I discovered breath and mindfulness and really started to connect to my body and that just opened so much up for me I I feel like yoga can be a gateway into 
into spirituality, into healing for so, so many of us. So I'm eternally grateful to the practice <laughs> of yoga. And yeah, it is, it's a great complementary practice to all the other things that we do. I try something that I'm really trying to do is just like practice several, maybe like five yin postures before going to bed just to like reset the body um some some days i'm good at doing it some days i, I don't always follow through but um yeah it's such such a deep practice of like coming home to oneself and just without any like letting go of the distractions really keep returning home to oneself re returning home to the breath and also i'm really a nerd about cycle syncing and so uh, women were such cyclical beings and it just we all just spoke to that so beautifully about how like we don't want to do things we kind of resist you know we're not meant to do the same thing every day all month like you know a man could do some days when we're approaching our period um, it's so good to do just restorative yoga or, or gentle Pilates and, and then other times when we're ovulating or in our follicular phase to like be more like running and dancing and high intensity things. So, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there's this pressure that we have to be a certain way or have that high energy all of the time. Um, with the follicular phase, like I know sometimes when I'm in that high of that phase, I'm like, oh my God, I can do anything and I want to be in this forever, <laughs> but it's not realistic. And I think honoring that our energies will not be the same all the time and it's okay is, is such a deep practice for me. <laughs> yeah. The surrender, like I've, I've taking the rest and the pause and, and not being, um, you know, inspired by anything and trusting that that's not going to be forever. I get, I will get like lost in like this cycle sometimes of like, oh my gosh, I'm not inspired. I don't want to do anything. Screw my business. I'm a failure. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my God, here's my period. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's, it's, and it's then finding, and I, and I know what's happening, right? Like underneath the stories, I know what's going on. It's just the ego mind wants to tell the story is something needs to like be in control, right? If I'm not doing and going, taking one foot in front of the other, I'm failing, you know, like, what am I even doing? I, I bought the yoga studio from a very, um, masculine woman. Like she was just very go, 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 do, do, do. And even still, um, she still works there. She's still a teacher there, um, which is great. Right. But I'll, um, you know, we get a lot of snow here. Right. So the other day I even needed to cancel classes because it was just way too much snow. It was dangerous. Like they put out like a, a warning, like try not to drive. And her response, I let her know I was canceling her class. And her response was, I've never canceled classes. It's bad for business. I'm like, oh okay, but your class is canceled. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 you know, it's, and then I have this, I now have like this mass, very masculine woman who um, is still also like uh, that reminder for me to, const to still need to heal that part of me that mm, needs to soften. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, 
an interesting learning experience that I am in, but I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I'm sure from having that mirror reflected from you and I don't know, I, I would probably maybe feel triggered by that or have like my own stuff come around that around, oh, maybe I need to be like doing more or that sort of thing. So, and that's just another opportunity for us to really look at that and, and ask ourselves, is that really how I want to live? Or is that, that's just their thing <laughs> and their, their way of being that is not actually how I want to be. Right. In the past too, because, you know, it's been quite a few months and things like this have been happening in the past. I would then like bitch at my, bitch my husband about it. And I'd be like, can you believe this? You know, I'd be like, so up in arms about it. And now I'm just like, I just smile and giggle. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But this is how I'm doing it. (laughs) Love it. Fun. (laughs) Yoga is such an act in itself of revolution against just how we've been conditioned in this hyper masculine go 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 capitalistic society that really emphasis and surprises us for how much we do and accomplish and so yeah so much compassion to all the beings myself included who you know those those ways of being that are still like in our nervous system, locked in our nervous system, coming back to the nervous system. Cause yeah, the body, it's all in the body, but it's hard to break free sometimes. Um, Cause that was our safety net, you know, that's how we were, would receive love from our families. Right. So, or our at school or, you know, all of these different, different ways. Yeah. So, when you, when you get praised, for how much you're doing it, it almost, um, what's the word? Like it reinforces that if I'm doing more then I'm better or I'm more worthy. So a lot of that's just, I'm learning again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is like a practice surrendering and softening. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Yeah. The reflections, Janessa has been such a good reflection. Those are, essential in our lives too mm-hmm. yeah I think um, it's helpful too to even just say that like when you are caught up in this it's to then ask like your spirit guides your creator universe whatever you want to call it to to ask them to show you how supported and loved you are like Anytime I, I get myself now wrapped up in this, in these stories of I'm not good enough. Who do I think I am? I'm not inspired, you know, just all those stories, or I feel like I'm, I'm stuck and stagnant and, and I'm going to fail. Right. I, I just ask like, please show me how absolutely mm-hmm. supported I am. And it always comes through like within 48 hours, you mm-hmm. know, so when, and it will help you to see that you can trust that you're, mm-hmm. you are always supported. And so no, if you experience some hard times around that, just ask to be shown mm-hmm. how loved and supported you are and you'll receive it. There's a song that goes, why, why worry when you can pray? And I, <laughs> I just love the, the song of, of um, the practice of prayer and the power of prayer and yeah, surrendering things that, feel 
heavy or larger than us to your higher power, however you connect to that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to, um, <laughs> something that I have been wanting to encourage myself to do more of because it's so amazing for me is asking a friend that I have a lot of trust with to reflect back to me what they see in me. Mm-hmm. And every time that I do that, like I, it always just brings me back to my truth and my heart and reminds me of like who I am and, and how loved I am. And um, yeah, I've, I think I've done that with you, Samantha, but I do that with other friends too, especially within the entrepreneurial world. It feels like we are so alone in the dreams that we are trying to accomplish. And so having support with people that get you in your situation is, is so powerful for me. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to steal that. I think (laughs) it's a good one Mm -hmm. because we can forget sometimes like the, the magic that we hold and, and how amazing that we truly are. And, and just by us being ourselves, we are creating change and, and inspiring others to be better, do better. Yeah. Easy to forget. Mm -hmm. And it's, Especially, you know, if you are on social media in any capacity, like I, I wish I could just delete all my stuff, but I still use it for business. Um, and it's great for connections, right? Like I wouldn't be here if it mm-hmm. wasn't for social media, you know, I wouldn't know you or anything like that. And so it does have its pluses, but it's easy to just then get lost in comparison mode and not feeling like you're doing enough or being heard enough. Oh, yeah, I feel like I could do a whole episode on that, talking about comparison and social media and and how toxic it can be to the psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went through a whole journey with that, and I decided recently to delete every single person that I was following. So I had zero followers for a while. And just last night, I started to follow like a handful of people and only people that really bring inspiration and I feel inspired or I gain a lot from following them. And if at any point in time, I feel like it's not serving me, like I will delete it from my feed or clear the energy from that. And yeah, just those, those simple things of noticing how social media is like affecting you. And it can be so easy to, to not be aware of, of the effects of it. So we're just so used to going through the motions and scrolling and scrolling and ending up in this, this um, cycle that is really perpetuating our insecurities and so many other things. Mm-hmm. Simulating the nervous system response, keeping us trapped on that hamster right. wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say is the number one thing that your clients struggle with that come to you? Mm. So just what I tend to see a lot of is putting their practices into play um, and then achieving the results from that. So mm-hmm. uh, like I said, the majority of people I see have been to a lot of therapists, have tried a lot of different therapy styles, and they're just not it's just not connecting. It's not resonating with them. They're not getting to where they want to be. And so would you say those modalities are more talk therapy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so then they, they'll come to me and, you know, like, so like I said, I always start at that nervous system and, um, by the next time I see them, whether it's in one or two weeks is so many things have already clicked for them. They're so much freer in their being. So I would say the number one, um, problem is just a stressed out nervous mm-hmm. system. It, whether that is not feeling good in their body, um, not loving themselves, struggling in their relationships, struggling in their business. Like I work with a wide variety of people. I'm somebody who get, can get pretty bored easily. So I don't like to do the same things all day, every day. And so I, I wear many hats and I can work on different, many different levels of people. Um, but it pretty much all stems with just, they're in this toxic pattern, the cycle that they don't even realize that they're in. Like, we don't know that we're like trapped in like a fight or flight response. And a lot of that dysregulation comes from when we're infants. Like we come into this world um, with a very dysregulated nervous system. It's why we cry. It's why we want our caregivers to hold and support us. And even if we had the best caregivers in the world, if they were dysregulated themselves, meaning if they were stressed out, which the majority are, then they were not able to regulate us. Mm-hmm. Or if, if we did the, if we were, had the cry it out method put on us, which was very normal, especially like in the eighties and nineties, because mm-hmm. um, there is this thought that your baby was self-soothing, but it actually turns out surprise, surprise that your baby was actually so emotionally exhausted that the baby just like passed mm-hmm. out from So have you ever like cried so hard that you passed out? That's what the baby is doing. So it's a very dysregulated nervous system that happens, you know, from like the moment we're born pretty much. So that like activation, this hamster wheel effect, we don't even realize that we're in it until we actually are able to see the other side. Like, oh, there is a different way to feel. Or if there's there's something that happens that's very, very like a big breakdown, then we're like, oh, maybe there's something off. So I think yeah. it's important to, to look at that before it gets to that point of like really being really difficult to move through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really sad and unfortunate how people are just normalizing their pain and discomfort in their bodies. And when I learned about how important prenatal development is for a person, I was like, mom, how were you during your pregnancy? What were you doing? What were you eating? Were you stressed? Like what was going on in your life? Cause I was really, I was genuinely curious. And I'm also curious, what is kind of one of your number one practices to help people um, kind of come back to homeostasis and help regulate the nervous system? Mm-hmm. Um, so I absolutely love like the shake it out method, pretty much what we did right before we press play. Like shaking the whole body and jumping around, right? Um, if I can't get my client to do ecstatic dance instead of that, then that's amazing too. Uh, but also the vagus nerve reset is really powerful. Um, and so the vagus nerve is the longest nerve in your body. And um, when we when we do this, and it's the key to turning on your parasympathetic nervous system. So the vagus nerve reset, when you do it daily, it can really help to more align you in that parasympathetic state. What, what is the vagus nerve reset? 
So it's just, um, involves just like eye movement. So you literally just look to the, you keep your whole body facing forward. You just look to the right for 30 seconds, unless you need to yawn, sigh, or swallow. Then that means that it was activated and you can bring your eyes back to center. And then you just look to the left for 30 seconds. Mm. It's really Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually that practice was very somewhat similar to this thing I learned. That's all about nervous system regulation in this book called um, I'm always forgetting the name of it. It's called it Call into the Wild or something. And it's from this amazing somatic healer. And that's partially one of the exercises, but also adding on to that, like looking off into the distance, into the horizon. Because when we are looking so close up all the time it actually triggers our fight response because it's telling our bodies to like focus on that, Mm -hmm. that specific object. So actually looking off into the distance as far as you possibly can, and just like holding your gaze um, really softly is another way to calm down the nervous system. I've never heard about that one. Yeah, it's nice. I've been practicing. It's really beautiful. feels really nourishing to my body, especially if I've been on the computer for hours at a time, which I often am. And just mm-hmm. taking a break to really let my eyes rest and like look off into the distance um, is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Intuitively, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. I think that's why people love gazing at the sunrise or the sunset. Yeah. It's very calming. And it makes sense that we're stressed out when we're like this all the time. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I love all these takeaways that. I hope everyone here will at least try or practice or utilize mm-hmm. in their in their lives. And so Lauren, I have one more question for you. What is bringing you pleasure right now in your life? I have been trying to incorporate like a daily cacao ceremony in the afternoon into my day. Um, cacao (laughs) (laughs) yes so this that whole process of just sitting and I put my phone on silent and I put it somewhere else Mm. not in reach I just put like a an alarm on and I give myself like 30 minutes to an hour just sit there and sip cacao when I stare out my window staring off into the distance and I mean I would would do it outside if it wasn't 10 degrees here Um, (laughs) oh goodness (laughs) but uh I think that's probably what's bringing me the most pleasure right now just that Mm. I love it thank you for sharing that Mm. yeah it's good I think to have like a midday reset just Mm -hmm. to just to pause check in Mm -hmm. and we're just kind of focused on what's what's your morning alignment like I think that afternoon and an evening practice which I'm the worst at an evening practice but me too god it's so hard struggle at nighttime I'm like I don't know what it is yeah the the most perfect night for me would be like yin yoga bath and an orgasm those would be like me too (laughs) that sounds about me too that sounds great totally Uh, yeah goals for 2022 yes oh my gosh more yet orgasm (laughs) baths have been huge for me too just 
calm myself into a center and to feel held. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like you're being in the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Lauren. I have loved getting to know you and you have so much wisdom. Where can our people find you? Um, probably the easiest would just be my Instagram at I am Lauren Bentley. And, and then I'll, you can find yeah. all my information from there. I'll be sure to leave that link in the description so people can find you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so good to connect. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Greater Alchemy podcast. We greatly appreciate your support and we love having you here in our space. If this podcast resonated with or lit you up in any way, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, as well as a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps our message expand and reach more people. And if you feel inspired, please share this podcast with a friend or take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on your Instagram stories. We absolutely love it when our listeners reach out and let us know how the podcast impacted, inspired, or influenced them. You may email us at thepleasurealchemypodcast at gmail.com. Also, we invite you to come follow us on our YouTube channel, The Pleasure Alchemy Podcast, and on our Instagrams so we can stay connected. The links are located in the description below. New episodes are released every Tuesday, so stay tuned and see you next week. Thank you. Much love.